This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, all. I just wanted to give you a really quick heads up on a little something that Jess and I discuss on the show. We discuss uh, some stuff about NPR and not supporting podcasts or not allowing their people to promote podcasts inside of their radio shows. But it turns out that this was really, in quotes right now, in quote, in quote, it was intended as a small internal memo for a specific operational purpose a ready checklist for people to think about when these particular issues came about. It was never intended to be an external document, some sort of formal statement from NPR. End quote. This is from Chris Turpin, NPR's VP of News Programming and Operations. So I want you guys to keep that in mind when you hear Jess and I talk. These news came to light way after Jess and I had recorded. So wanted to let you guys know now. Thank you. Have fun listening. Hi. I am Martin Lindeskog from Ego Netcast and you are listening to She Podcasts. And now it is time for a cup of tea. Hey, hey all. Hey, hey all. This one is explicit. Hello, Jessica. What's up, Elsie? Oh my gosh, it's another week. Yay, another week in March. Can you, well, actually, you know what? This show is going to air on March 28th, which is almost the end of March. Literally, we, we are gone through March already. Is that not mind-blowing? I can't even It's mu- It's like the end it. of the first quarter in 2016. It's painful. It's insane. I know. Well, and it doesn't feel like spring because it just snowed here yesterday. That's what I've heard. I saw a lot of pictures on Instagram and I was just like, really? And then, oh, this morning I went for a mini teeny walk, basically just to go outside and get a little bit of fresh air. And it Mm. was insane. It was beautiful, but it was cold as a get out. It's cold. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It's cold. Yeah, it's poopy. But today's nice and sunny. I mean, my son does not care. Like, if he sees sun, rain, sleet, he ins- when he gets a bug, a wild hair up his ass to go outside, he's got to go outside. <laughs> he doesn't care what's happening out there. He has got to be with it. <laughs> so, yeah, he was just kvetching about not being taken outside right before we did this call. Oh. And it's like almost like he's having like a panic. He's like, ah. Ah. he's like pounding on the glass and like handing oh. you his shoes. Take it easy, bro. We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Crazy. He crazy. But it's kind of nice that he's an outside boy. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's it's great that you have the ability to do that. I was, you know, where we used to live in the cave. There was no, they didn't even know. (laughs) 
They didn't even know there was like we barely had windows. It was oh, literally a no. cave. There was no there was no looking outside. And our front door did I ever tell you this? No. Did I, I never tell you like exactly? So we lived Was this are you talking about in Pittsburgh? Yeah, in Pittsburgh, not in the house that when we started recording um she podcasts, I was in a in a house. We were like kind of like sharing a house with another family. Okay. But before that, we lived in this gigantic loft space thing. It was huge, but it um, had basically no windows. And the, the front door, when you open the front door, it was sidewalk. It was like, it was sidewalk. Like there was mm-hmm. no, there was not even like a, how do you say it? You know, when you go walk up to somebody's house and there's like a little area of like the door and, you know, you kind of yeah. walk up. No, it was like open door sidewalk like that. And then, Ew. you know, six ha- feet after that or, you know. Oh, man, or- it must have terrified you that they would get out of the house. Well, I know. Well, they were little at that time, too, which is great. Well, Hunter was probably th- – she lived there till she was about three, maybe a little bit, maybe almost four. Um, but, yeah, so there was no – there was no opening the door. There was – and there was no – um uh, uh thing in front of the door at all. So if you open the door, it was just open to, to go outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so that was never even an. That's option. terrifying. I'm terrified just thinking about like opening the door to the sidewalk. And I live. I'm telling you, it's like a super busy. It's not a highway, but it's like a super busy street. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, when we moved here, I was like, it's not a big deal because he'll just know not to go in the street. Like, I'm so yeah. stupid. Why am I so stupid? <laughs> Truly, the stupidest woman. Because of course, he doesn't give two rats patooters about going in the street he just can't wait to play with the cars right car and there off he goes oh my gosh he pieces out on me and it's scary yeah very sure well that's crazy yes so i'm very excited now that they have like the world opening up to them yeah when they open the door it's like hello world that's so nice i know and they get to see like beautiful things i'm very jealous you know i was thinking about us don't ask me why i (laughs) abuse myself with this nonsense but i was sort of thinking about our lives and how because i wonder if people wonder like what all we do have in common since there's a lot that we don't have in common but that's right yeah i was thinking about this for some perspective like you grew up in la Mm -hmm. and i'm assuming the city yeah yeah and i grew up a country bumpkin in Frederick, Maryland, like I grew up like craving action and and uh, something to do. And then it's interesting now because now I live close to the city and I'm in the suburbs and there's a lot going on like around me. It's very like I could walk to the grocery. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't want to because it's on it's on a suburban highway. But like I'm around a bunch of stuff and you're in the mountain. Yeah. So we both grew up the opposite of each other and now live the opposite of each other. Yeah, that's like I've true. already I've already done the life that you're doing right now. Like I wasn't exactly on a mountain, but it was enough away from everything where I felt like everything was a. Shl- I mean, the grocery store was close, but like everything else, seeing my own aunts and uncles was an hour drive. Everything was an hour drive. Yeah. Going shopping for a fancy dress was an hour drive. Shoes, hour drive. Yeah, you have to make all these like crazy type of decisions around everything we do we you know we've been thinking about camp because camp is coming up you know different yes. types of camps and we're like well, well that's the thing for well, me camp 20 minutes away 
Yeah, well, with what? Yeah, exactly. Right? So you'll probably have the same thing. Well, no, because it depends on where you're going. So there was this one type of camp that I just saw for Hunty that was just like an art making making stuff art, like, um, like yeah, yeah. Anyway, I went to a store that does art for kids, and they were having like this camp for seven days, and we really have to think about that because that would be like a week of driving into town every day, and that's yeah. forty five minutes. Oof. each way so it's like well is that really gonna be worth it so we have it to is make worth it you know we have the to answer yes decisions based upon that i don't want to push you but you're wrong no i'm kidding <laughs> no but the answer is always yes when it comes to camp because they get stuff i mean just because i went to camp for 10 years i went to all different kinds of camp i went to sleepaway camp for 10 years but then the times that i wasn't in sleepaway camp i was day camp my kids went to day camp not only are they busy all day they're in the sun all day they're doing games and activities with other kids they're learning about like nature art swimming it's stuff that you would never do with them all day long and they're entertained all day long then they come home so pooped it's the most (laughs) beautiful thing they are freaking exhausted and i mean i know you don't have a tv but my kids would come home at five eat dinner zone out for an hour and literally pass out their little sunburned dirty faces that's so it. Cute. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Camp is the best. And it's the and also the camp friendships that you make, like they keep forever. Even if you don't send them back again. Like if you if there's a way for you to do it, work in the city or the ta- work in town or whatever all day, like find a place where you could re- record or do things and have it be quiet, I would do it. Yeah. If you can, I would do it. Just because I think like, they'll have the time of their lives. It's an interesting scenario. So we're anyway, we're filling that stuff out. But it does, you know, it, it becomes like less of a yeah, and more of a hmm. Yeah, I know. Okay, this is right, let's let's think about that. You know, there's just like a lot of different layers to to all that stuff. So particularly, and you're right, because particularly with me recording stuff. Yeah. If it was, if I wasn't recording, I think it would be a it would be different because it. I, I basically can work from anywhere. I mean, I'm so. willing to change our recording schedule to work around their camp schedule for the summer. If you need to record at different times, like at night or when they're done camp at like four, you know, I'll figure it out so they can go only because the other thing about summer camp is that like they get to swim every day and I don't have to take them. That's true. I love that because it's hot out. And I mean, Carolina, you know, is hot. Yeah, it wasn't as bad last year. So no, like but I still... think this year's going to be a hot summer because it was a warm winter. And that okay. usually is how it follows. So oh I'm just like, God. I'm just saying, no, no, no. I'm just saying like, I like that they can swim every day. Swim every day, swim every day, swim every day. It's different because <laughs> it'll be hot. Unless you could, I mean, look if you if you didn't do it, I would I would just say this: buy them a little pool for the backyard too, so they can paddle around in it. If you don't take them, yeah, they 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 have some of that stuff out here, and they do play out in the water, so that's good. Oh, good. That's well, that's good. perfect. That. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, love- how about opening the show today with um the audio from Martin? Yes. Oh my God, Martin! Please, let's do it. Hooray. <laughs> Should we start it? Let's pretend like we're starting the show and then we'll play the audio. How's this? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Oh my God, Jess. How are you? Wonderful yourself. How was that our amazing intro from Martin today? He is fantastic. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best intro I ever heard. <laughs> okay, so do you remember guys when we asked you guys to do this? Martin went out of his way and did this. And so thank nice. you. Thank you I so know. much for taking the time to do that. So if you guys want to have fun and just send us a little intro just like that, we promise you. We yeah. will do it. We'll play it. We really want you to send them. So please send them. 
You're not shy about sending us your freaking opinions. Yeah, that's true. Which we're going to be <laughs> actually, you know what? And I mean, in the best possible way, that's a great segue. Why don't we play some feedback? Um, actually, that is that is a good. That's yes, a fantastic this feedback. Segue. I loved this feedback as much as I love if last. This week was the podcaster's manifesto. This week is the podcaster's um, pep talk. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's Heather go Heather was very eloquent at sharing with us, like, our, our raison d'etre, our yeah. purpose in life. And now we have Rebecca, Rebecca has come to push us along. Okay, here we go. Fuck up, campers. <laughs> hey, Jess and Elsie. This is Rebecca from My Rescue Rocks. And I just finally finish listening to all of the amazing episodes of She Podcast. I was binge listening for the past few months and I wanted to leave feedback so many times, but I felt like I was too far behind to say anything and bring up old topics. So this feedback is in response to episode 88 and partially in response to what both Jess and Elsie were saying, but also in response to Heather's beautiful feedback. It was so beautifully put, but it was so sad. It makes me so sad to hear Heather say that we're done for. I just can't believe that. The difference between radio pioneers and podcast pioneers is that the internet makes this medium accessible to us, and that's not going to be taken away anytime soon. You can only be bought out if you allow yourself to be bought out. And because of the internet, we have another thing that those pioneer radio hosts didn't have. We have access to a worldwide community of other independent podcasters to rely on like the She Podcast group. I think the branding of NPR and other big names makes it obvious who the rich broadcasters are and who the independent podcasters are. Why separate them? The fact that we don't have the money and we don't have the huge advertisers, that just keeps us humble. It keeps us real. And in reality, one podcaster, even a small team working on a podcast, just doesn't need the numbers that NPR has. When you get too big, you lose your community. You lose what you got into this for. There are soulless corporations and there are real people like us. Just like there are movie stars and there are actors on the stage of your local dinner theater. You don't expect the paparazzi to put J-Lo and Jane Doe on the same page of the tabloids. And more likely than not, Jane Doe won't even show up at all. So the fact that my podcast shows up next to Serial makes me pretty effing giddy. And I mean that literally. Right underneath my storytelling podcast, it says that other subscribers have subscribed to Serial. And that's just like instant advertising right there. I don't know about you, but I'll take that promotion sitting next to my podcast, endorsing it. <laughs> that's practically saying that my podcast is just as good as Serial. I'm even more giddy because I never even listened to that show. So no, I'm not going to cry if Sarah, whatever her name is, doesn't want to pose with me on the red carpet or whatever the podcast equivalent to that is because I'm probably never going to be rich enough to get there. I might always be a Jane Doe, but I don't need millions of listeners. None of us do. We can make an impact. We can support a business. We can create a community or do whatever it is you want to do with your podcast. And the best part is that we can sustain ourselves with a much smaller audience and keep it real while we're at it. People who want mainstream BS are always going to go after mainstream BS, but I can see a huge cultural shift being made. People are opening up to alternative media. We are real people, and I think that listeners can hear that in our shows. So you're right, Heather. We are community builders. We do actually talk to our people, and we actually react to them in our shows. That's the advantage that we have. In fact, I pity the procasters because they don't have any control over their voice. Their voices are controlled by giant corporations, and I, for one, don't subscribe to that philosophy. You know what I never hear on a big podcast? I never hear an advertisement that's even slightly convincing. 
Have you ever heard a big-time radio host say, Now listen, everyone, I'd never recommend ABC product if I didn't use it myself. Probably not. And that's because they have no say in who their advertisers are. And if that radio host feels icky about whatever product she's plugging, do you think she has the power to stop promoting them? Well, yeah, I guess, if she doesn't mind losing her job. I'm much more convinced to try something new when an independent podcaster tells me about it. It just sounds more real, like when Jess and Elsie talk about Boss Jock. I'm actually dying to try it, but sadly, no, I'm not using Boss Jock right now because I don't have an iPhone. So, hey, Boss Jock, are you going to make an app for Android soon? Please? I think that people are smart, and I think they can see through all the bullshit. So we just need to keep doing what we do because our voices are unique. Our voices tell it like it is, and that makes our voices more powerful. I don't want to play with NPR. Just like if I had kids, I would never let them play with Donald Trump's kids. But really, there's nothing we can do about big, rich, and powerful companies hopping on the podcast bandwagon. So I'm just going to look at the bright side. And as that little bluefish from uh, Finding Nemo says, I'm going to just keep swimming. So maybe that's just me, and maybe I'm green and naive, but that's my perspective. I love this podcast, I love this community, and I love all the passion in all of your voices. Thank you so much for doing what you do with this podcast. That was rad. Was that not? The two best things she said was, you can only be bought out if you allow yourself to be bought out. Amen, Mm -hmm. sister. I Mm -hmm. agree with that, and I love that she ended it with just keep swimming, just keep swimming. I know, just keep swimming. And also, go check her stuff out, My Rescue Rocks. Dot net. You can go check that out. And thank you for binge listening to us, Rebecca. That really means a lot. That really means a lot to yeah. us when we hear yes. things like that. And and you know what? I've had that problem before too. When I find like a podcast that I really really love, and I start to binge listen, and because if I really like it, then I'll listen to like the latest maybe one or two episodes, and then I will go back into the back catalog and then work my way through. And what happens is as I'm listening, I will then have opinions just like Rebecca has about things that we've talked about. But now I feel weird sending feedback about it because it's been like, I mean, sometimes our shows are like over a year old or six months ago. And we said things that I'd be like, it's odd for us to get feedback about that. But at the same time, when you're listening to it, it's happening right when you're listening. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. So thank you so much for listening. For sending us relevant feedback. So wrapping it up by saying, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Elsie. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. So do you want to chat a little bit about our sponsors for today? No. No. (laughs) Teehee. Our sponsor today, the most important, Natalie Ekdahl from Biz Chicks Podcast. Um, she's our newest sponsor because if you've been listening, I'm sure you already know this, but she has a mastermind open to female podcasters who are growing and monetizing their show. Not if you're pre-launch. It's not that you're not invited. It's just that she's looking to go that step further with people who already have a show, but are then thinking like, well, what the, what the heck do I do now? What's the next step now? She is really talented at getting diverse, different types of people, different that have different types of shows. So you'll have a combination of Subjects with varying strengths and backgrounds. Um, It's not a group coaching program. You just set your weekly goal and you share with the group if you hit it. And then um, the best part of it is like you aren't going to feel like you're alone in the whole podcasting adventure. You really focus on the things that you're going after and you have support and you kind of don't want to disappoint the group. And it also, you know, sometimes in those things, it can be a little competitive where you see someone sail ahead of you and you're like, oh, I really need to step my game up for the love of God. 
you know? So anyway, if you're interested, bizchicks.com forward slash she podcast, please check it out. She has new groups starting all the time. And I'm going to um, bring Natalie inside of our conversation as we discuss one of these articles coming up because it totally hits home as to how some companies are using actually masterminds to do this kind of stuff. So, all right. So let's get into some tips. And I, I have this time I have tips and excitement. Tip time, tip time. But before we do that, though, we have to talk about what happened um, here with your mojo. Oh. (laughs) What's going on with your mojo? So (laughs) I just want you to know that I got a really nice tax refund from 2014 because my business kind of bombed because I had a baby and stuff. And so I I, it didn't bomb. I I was successful. It's just that I spent most of it on help, which I probably shouldn't have done. But I was too tired and grouchy to do it myself like just the stuff that i do now for she podcast i was just like please god i can't deal anyway so we got a very nice tax refund because um i wasn't as successful as i would have liked to be and so we used it to buy new laptops because the last time i well first of all the last time i bought one was like 2010 and then my husband gave me his father's which was seen to be slower even though it had like an i7 dual core processor like it wasn't as good and so i've been struggling just in the last year, like every time I open something and Elsie knows she had her computer is the same age as my old one. And she doesn't even have the same problems that I'm having. Like I'm waiting to open Skype. I'm waiting to open iTunes. I'm twiddling my thumbs when I'm trying to screen flow. It was a nightmare. I can't even tell you all the minutes I've wasted. So I, I got a new computer and I'm like all excited. It's a new MacBook Pro. And my husband last night, because he got one as well, because he needed one. He's starting a business and he doesn't want to put stuff on his Comcast computer. So he was telling me all the wonderful benefits of using mail and calendar so that all my Apple stuff is synced. Right. And I was like, no, yes, this makes sense. Let's change everything from. So even though I'm checking (sighs) Gmail, I would be checking it in mail. So I'm like, yes, I will import everything into mail. Well, everything that was unread is now read. And so there's 80 things that I had like, okay, reasonably procrastinated on for a long enough period of time where it probably should have been taken care of. But like 80 different things that I either wanted to read, needed to follow up on, had to email someone back about, was waiting for, you know, response from, it's all there. It was like sort of my, my to-do list. It's gone. It's red. Dude. And now, you know, of course, in my, where it says everything else there's 4,402 emails that have been read that I haven't deleted. Oh, gosh. In Gmail. Oh, because I'm so every- stressed out just here. I know. It hurts me. I hate. First of all, I hate having stuff that's unread. So you must know that Inbox Zero is actually kind of nice because now I have one thing that I have unread instead of like 80. And it's a little less stressful. But then just wondering what those 80 things were is kind of upsetting. Oh, my God. And I can never go back. I can't go back because they're all dated. Di- I think I had one in there from April of last year. Yeah, you know what's really, yeah, that's that's harsh. I have to say that being a, as as ma- a Mac girl, a Mac girl, girl, girl that I Mac am, girl, 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 because I, I, you know, I'm, I am, I totally have drank the Kool Aid, and I am not ashamed. But when it comes to Gmail or mail and calendars, I don't. I don't either. I, I never have before, but he was yeah. like, it's so much better. I you know can it's drag like, it this depends. and you can drag that. And I, was I like, understand that. I completely good. get it. I completely yeah. get it. But there are some workflows that are don't, don't align. And there are some things that you cannot do. So I decided early on. I, I tried it actually the first time I think 
one of the first times that I transitioned into the Mac ecosystem, I did attempt to do some of the mail I stuff. I like to call it an ecosystem. I know. Cause, and I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to completely separate this. And and it it's sucky for, for a lot of different reasons. Like there's a lot of like services that are built into the Mac to really easily transfer into an email. Like you could very easily right click something and then send an email of almost anything that you have on your computer. But, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with that because I had to to say draw the line and be like you know what i'm going to be a google girl for calendar and gmail and i'm going to be a mac girl for this and i understand that you can sync it i get it it's not even that but it's he like, was telling me you can sync it but also if you have an email for example you can drag the actual email into the reminders app you can. and it will make a to-do for you and i was like i got all like cl- like glassy eyed and like sp- you know he sparkle and shined me yep. into it and i was just like Ooh, organization. Yeah. And I should never have done it because it's tough. I'm just you I've, you, I'm just an old dog, right? You cannot teach. The when old it dog. comes to I think that you are when it comes to and I'm you using the generalized generalized you, not you, Jessica. I think you do develop a system particularly for for email and calendar that really works for you. Mm-hmm. And I just I didn't break up really with Gmail. It's just that I am now using Inbox for Gmail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been using. And it really has been working very well. There, in fact, there's been a couple of times when you open an Inbox email and then it somehow reads the, I don't know how it does it. And it gives you three choices for the response, like a one sentence response. And I kid you not, 90% of those responses are spot on where I'm yeah. like, oh my God. How are they doing this? Because when you get it, it gives you like three choices of responses and then you just pick one. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was the easiest thing ever. So I've been using Inbox, but I I get it. And there are ways that I could possibly streamline what I do in email as well. But there's something to be said. As much as I love integration, this is so weird. This is going to sound bizarre. As as much as I love integration, I'm also really, really a proponent of separation. Well... (laughs) That's just two kind of important things. I think it's just that I'm so used to doing it one way that like, it's not even that I can't learn to do it the other way. It's just that now I, I don't know where to look. Yeah. I don't know where to go. I, I'm up just mad because I'm seeing like the way that Gmail will marry threads together. doesn't yeah. do that in mail. So like, yep. and there must be a setting that would allow it. So now I'm seeing my own emails back to the person. Yep ahead of it's just annoying it is annoying it's a it's a yeah and i understand there's a couple of little tiny things like that like threaded emails and like there's no tagging even though that's been kind of disappearing especially in inbox you can't really tag or even filter for that matter but there's a lot of different things that you're going to have to you forget like you kind of take things for granted like certain ways that things get put together that you feel like oh that makes sense and then when you go somewhere else it's like why are they not doing that I didn't yeah. know that was a feature. I thought right. that was just the way oh. things were. <laughs> oh, well. oh, well. Anyway, so, but I'm happy to have a new computer because yes. I can already tell you, like, I've, I just had it last night, but I already feel like I've saved hours of work. Good. Because it was so slow. I don't even real. I mean, it was so slow. And Scott was just like, just make another profile. And like, you can just use the, you know, like, so in other words, just like, <laughs> just like delete everything on the one user and make a new user like that would solve it and i was like still beach balling yeah still beach balling yeah it's annoying 
I'm and sorry, but I'm up. glad that you're moving along and things are changing and things are moving. And speaking of things changing and things moving, the podcast yes. awards is actually changing and moving and doing all kinds of things. Well, so this is not the same as the Hall of Fame. No, this is not the Hall of Fame. This is the People's Podcast Award. I think that's what it's called. The People's Choice Podcast Awards. Is that right? Yeah. Hold on. I better find out. People's Choice Podcast. I'm going to Google it because you're right. I don't know the name of it. I just know that podcastawards.com. It's the People's Choice. So new rules, revised awards, process is going to be announced April 1st. Listener nominations are open on April 15th, but there's a Kickstarter to support it because basically what happened was the Podcast Awards was affiliated with New Media Expo, which we all know somehow has disappeared mysteriously. Well, can we can we just take it back just a little bit before that? Yes. Before, before that, before that it was affiliated and it was actually bought by New Media Expo. It wasn't. It was Todd Cochran's company who ran the podcast awards for uh, many years, like I think over 10 years now. So he had been running it, him, you know, part of, of his corporation. And it was bought out by the New Media Expo. Mm-hmm. So Todd took a step back because it wasn't his anymore. Um, he was he had a little bit of a part in the whole process, but it really wasn't his anymore. So because mm-hmm. he sold it, and so then we got to the New Media Expo, who that has disappeared randomly, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so Todd is now um, looking to reestablish the podcast award. So there's like yes. some yeah. I guess I should have found the Kickstarter. We can put it in the show notes, so don't worry about it. Okay, I'm going to put it in the show notes. But basically, he's asking for a little bit of support so that he can redo the website and have it be a you know like a totally new thing that we do at Podcast Movement. Yeah, right? Is it a podcast movement? I don't think it's going to be a podcast s- movement. You don't? No, I'm, I'm I don't think so. But maybe I'm wrong because I didn't really fully look at that stuff. But the bottom line is this, guys. There, this the podcast awards is going to be going through like sort of like a metamorphosis of sorts, where the desire is to be able to have the community be part of the process. Um, There was a lot of people who were kind of like, "Well, I don't want to do the podcast awards because you have to vote all of these different times and blah blah." It the process itself didn't seemed also to be update outdated the website itself seemed to be outdated so Mm -hmm. there were all of these complaints from the community around the podcast awards we have been around for a long time so if you guys have complaints about this we or we we as a podcaster community and todd at the helm is asking for some uh, of you guys to donate some money so that this can really happen cohesively as a community where we have podcast awards that are the people that are podcaster the choice awards where the community chooses. Uh, unlike, you know, actually the the Hall of Fame podcast awards, the ones that do happen over at Podcast Movement, um, usually they are at least uh, picked by the Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. We have to figure that stuff out. Basically, he's trying to raise $25,000 for a web developer, and there's going to be full public disclosure as to how the funds are spent, and he's challenging podcasters to donate $100 each. So it's gofundme.com forward slash podcast awards. I found it. Good. And um, we are going to donate, and we hope you will too. 
So thank you. So yeah, please help us do that because it's, it's, I mean, it was fun when we would go and like, I I would like to see it done again. Basically, it's to restructure the award site and the process. You're right. It doesn't say anything about doing it in Chicago. Yeah, no, because they they have their own podcast awards. That's right. Podcast Movement has their own podcast awards. So this is really just to to, to rebuild the award site. and, And I think that it'll probably have its own its own thing happening, you know, at some point. Um, and when it can be live or if it's going to be a big thing like that, I'm not in, unfortunately I'm going to, I'm actually going to put a link in the show notes as well, because I know Todd and Rob Greenlee did do a new media show on this and I have missed it. So at this moment I have not heard the conversation around the podcast awards where it gives you the exact details, but if you are considering donating and being part of this kind of movement, I will put a link in the show notes so you guys could read what is um, going on and, and you guys can make your own choices. But we will uh, refer to this again at some point. Yes. Yes, yes. So right, on so, to the next, so uh, on to the cool tips. We have a cool, tips cool. jingle, tips, tips and excitement for Elsie jingle. Here we go. Elsie's tool tips. All right, Jessica. All so right, this is a, I, it was so funny. I went, we went to a play date this um, weekend and um, I was talking to the gentleman who had us over his house. So Hunter had a little play date there and he started talking to me about a really interesting display thing over on the Huffington Post that he was really interested by the pictures that came up in the Huffington Post. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the pictures were moving. And I was like, oh, was it a GIF? And he was like, no, no, no. And then he took me to this website. Okay. So this is like a, this is something that really new to me. And I thought, how amazing. So highline.huffingtonpost.com. And I don't know if you did, did get a chance to look at this, Jess. I, I had told you not to go to the other link, but this is like, so what is the Huffington Post Highline? Highline. Yeah, Highline. It is a new digital home for old journalistic tradition. Think of it as a magazine that only runs cover stories, big ambitious pieces intended to change the way you see the world or influence the course of policy. So these are like really in-depth things. That was directly from their from their about page over over there. So I thought like what how cool, you know, and he but I was really interested to see what he was talking about, the pictures and stuff. So now I want you now to click through, Jess. Over mm-hmm. to highline.huffingtonpost.com uh, slash articles slash n slash park rangers. And so this is at this moment when we are Whoa. recording. You'll see like a big old picture, right? You'll see a big old picture right at the top. But I want you to start to scroll down, Jess. Cause this Wait, do is, I hear wind? You have to keep, dude, you have to keep going. It's going to blow your mind. So, I thought my computer was making that noise. And I was like, that new computer better not be windy yeah. in there. Okay, now. Keep scrolling down. So this is like a big, it's an article called Out Here No One Can Hear You Scream. The hey. dangerous culture of male entitlement and sexual hostility <gasps> hiding in within America's national parks and par- it's forest. It's moving. It's moving. So when you go it's down, isn't that crazy? Whoa. Have you gotten to the pictures where the ladies are looking straight into the camera? No, I'm you at keep, the boat. Keep, keep, keep scrolling oh, down. <laughs> I hear the water. You have to keep scrolling. Hey, oh, <laughs> Oh, I don't like that. Isn't that weird? Hey, stop that. So for those of you who are just listening to us right now, (laughs) it is like the weirdest thing. So it's got like, 
giant images, across, like, you know, the parallax kind right, of website. Thinking, how long do I have to look at this camera? You don't have to keep it. You can keep it scrolling down, but you'll see how what they've done is that they've made pictures that look like pictures, but they're not pictures or movie. They're actually movies or videos. And when you scroll through this article on these women who are standing up for it's, the, you know, t- and the forest system, basically, against entitlement and sexual hostility, they have, it's like somebody was taking their picture and they thought that they were having their picture taken, but really they were taking a video. <laughs> it's like, it's like, they don't look comfortable. No, Let's but they're supposed thing. to look like that because they are denouncing, like it goes right alongside the article. Yeah, they're it's den- meant to be a loop, but the one on the bottom is not looped. God, they're just breathing and staring at you. Yeah, they're breathing Chall- and staring. Challenging yes. you to care and do something about it. Totally. And then they also have like big, big, gigantic like p- pictures, but they're moving. Like they're, they're, Im- Im- they're not images, they're video. And it's such a trip. Anyway. Her so- hair, this last one, Alicia, her hair's blowing. I know. And there's someone hiking. God bless America. That's insane looking. I know. So you got, I could hear the wind all the way, all the way over here. Not crazy. So anyway, I just thought that that was cool. I have to say present. It's a sad article, but that presentation was flipping cool. Yeah. It's pretty and a little unsettling. It is a little unsettling and it goes right along, uh, right along with this article. So the reason that I wanted to talk about it and the reason that I got so excited, well, obviously the theme is, is really a powerful theme, but the late, like I was just blown away by just the digital media aspect of it, what you can now do to tell a story and you know, they had, you heard the wind blowing. I think you guys are going to hear a little bit of that wind blowing. And you saw the depth of the text itself, the, you know, the copy of this article, the investigative journalism that went into this article is insane. But they also are pushing the boundaries on uh, of how to multi-layer media and tell a story that is not just, hey, let's put an image here on the right-hand side. Let's, you know, use some alt text on the over here. And, and they're really using like just the web itself using all of these different layers to get something across. So if you guys have a chance, check it out, go over to the show notes. Um, and especially if you have just your phone right there, click through to, to the park rangers article. And I actually haven't seen it through my phone. So I don't even know if it works on the phone, but if you, and and there's also, it's beautiful in a large screen because the gentleman that showed it to me, um, he had one of those big gigantic screens. Like it must've been like at least a 27 inch and it's, it really knocks you back. It's just Mm -hmm. like, wow, that's amazing stuff. So it made me remember that. And I thought, wow, what, what we can do with, um, with digital media. It's pretty amazing stuff. Remarkable. It is remarkable. And then speaking of what you can do with it, I got a little bit excited again about Snapchat. And this time it wasn't necessarily because of What do you mean again? Again. Did it go away? Well no. I did well I didn't notice that it went away. When I'm not saying that I was not that I went away, but you know, the way that I was using it. And so there's so we talked about in the last episode, we we talked about the demographic being very young. It's very skewed, very, very young in Snapchat. And, of course, they want that because of the privacy aspects of it. It's really hard to get lots of marketeers in there because they can't do what they've always done. 
they, you know, they, it's, it's really has to pay out for a lot of easy to send naked pictures to your friends is what else is trying to say. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But there was this article on Mashable and it said Snapchat helpline account abuse. And it's, it's really, I, I had to um, go check this out. So there's a startup that has that, that started up the, um, and what they really do are helping teens speak up about abuse using Snapchat. And this is like that their whole, their whole thing is about this. And what they do during the day is that you follow the account, right? You follow the account. And then when you follow the account, you get all of these really tiny tips of how to help a friend that is being abused or tips about yourself or whatever. And you can also snap for help. You can snap if you if something's happened to you, you can snap for help. And no none of the snaps are have stayed, you know, can stay really because they really are gone with, uh, within 24 hours. In fact, you know, there's been a couple of times that I've inadvertently opened up a snap somebody sent me and I really wanted to hear what they said, but because it was a video and I didn't realize it, I was like in a in like at at you know, at the supermarket or something and I couldn't hear it because I didn't have my headphones on. And then you have to it's hard to look at it. You have again. to buy replays. You have I to bought buy replays. Like twenty replays for like four dollars because that happened to me yeah. with the chat you sent me once. Yeah, totally. And I I get that. I completely understand that. So, but the thing is, like with Snapchat, again, that's what's so great with the teenagers because they get an opportunity to really reach out and start the conversation in this totally private platform in a way that they feel safe that nobody's going to come up, you know, after them or whatever. I thought this was an, a really innovative use of the platform. And there's a video that there is on this Mashable article that you guys can go check out. And it just has the woman like sort of interacting with the phone as an opportunity. Like you could see that the phone could be an opportunity for change. It could be something that could be the catalyst of getting somebody out of an abusive relationship. And there's something really lovely that I love. I-, I love to see how that can be an affirm, like the phone can actually be so such an affirming, empowering thing mm-hmm. rather than how we talked about it in the last episode where it was like, it is my compulsion. It is the thing that I want to get let go of. How can you know, how can we start to shift technology in this way? And I just really love, I love the concept of this. So it made me think of the really wonderful ways of using, like using counseling with technology. How cool is that? Oh yeah. That's something else. Wait, I just saw an app for that. Hold on. For counseling? You're going to love it. Yes. It's like actual therapy, but online, but there's an app. Wait, and that you just reminded me of that. I should have sent this to you, but I thought you would be insulted because it's implying that I think you need therapy. Oh, right. Right? So I wouldn't have done that. What's it called? Is it Talkspace? Anyway, basically you download the app. Here it is. Pacific. No, that's not it. No, no, no. Where did I see this? Oh, Elsie, I hate when I do this. I know, but it's it's okay. You can send it to me later, but I see, but I like the... I oh, like- it's... It's called Talkspace. Therapy and Counseling for Anxiety. Basically. Right. Yeah. Basically, it connects you with a licensed therapist if you're feeling stressed, depressed, having anxiety attacks. It's also great for couples. Basically, you start a free consult. They match you up with someone. And then you just talk to them whenever you want. I think I've seen that. You know, I have think I I think that I've seen that. I mean, and also, I mean, in, in that space, too, they have. The medic, there's a medical one too, where 
you kind of belong. I think it's, gosh, I wish I could remember all these names too. It's health something or, or other where you mm-hmm. pay, I believe there's a certain, it's either $50 a month or $99 a month or something like that. And it mm-hmm, gives you exactly. access to a bunch of doctors. And, yes. um, and so what you do is, is you base you basically, you know, all those random questions like, and the reason that I found that is because last year, like around the summer, my daughter got, um, I think. I can't remember if it's Rosiola or Rose. Yeah, that's right. Rosiola that's right. was it Rosiola? Something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. and so she it was like I think it's called a third disease. I think it's one of the, you know, one of the six childhood diseases, but she was six at that time. So it was really kind of weird and so her whole face blew up with all of these things, but she was fine and I was like, what the hell is this? And so yeah. it was what I was like, I just want somebody to talk to because I'm in the again, I'm in the mountains. It's a Saturday. Where can I you know, so they have this thing and, um, I never, I ended up actually talking to my nurse practitioner, but still I found the service. Yeah. I thought this that was is really $25 cool. a week, billed monthly as many times as you want. You can message them every day for an entire week, just like texting with a close friend and they're your therapist. They have to write back to you. Now that seems like a lot to just text your therapist all day long. But, um, for people who don't have health insurance, it's yeah. probably a good idea. Yeah, especially because there's a lot of, you know, with even within health insurance, there's a lot of those things that don't really get covered. Yeah, <laughs> so. this is pretty cool, I have to say. So, yeah. But anyway, using technology as a, a in this way, too, and also particularly honing in on on our uh, on the way that culture is shifting, because mm-hmm. we we tend to always try to find a solution for who we were a lot mm-hmm. of the time, you know, as a society we try to find solutions. Remember back in the fifties when this was the thing, you know, and then we're really not there anymore. People, we, we are in a completely new space. <laughs> we yeah. need to start to, in some way, start to access, you know, still acknowledge the things that could be better, but at the same time, use the technology and shift it on its head. And I really dig um, what's, you know, what this company is doing. Um, this startup mm-hmm. is doing just specifically for them and good for them. Good for them. So um, I think it's called love. Yeah, lovedoctor.in. You can go find them over at lovedoctor.in. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. So, anyway, those Sorry are two couple that. of things that I'm really super excited about. In terms yes, of like, technology. Technology. Let's get awesome. to it. Technology. Yeah. We like it. We like it. And this, okay, so this is what Gimlet Media is doing. And it's kind of exciting. And it's something that I think Natalie Ekdahl would love as well, um, our sponsor, and something that really goes to show that she is on to something. So check this out. From February 8th to the 12th, there were no new episodes of Reply All, well, sort of, Startup, Surprising Awesome, or anything else. And this is all via Gimlet uh, Media. Instead, the entire staff furiously worked on pilots for five all-new shows during the first-ever Gimlet Mix Week. So on Monday of that week, Peter Clowney, a senior editor at Gimlet and the chief of Mix Week, mixed the company's silos, production, business, and all into five groups tasked with creating a pilot episode by Tuesday afternoon. Wednesday was a day of rest. On Thursday, staffers had to do something in New York that they had never done before. Friday sent, uh, sent them all back to their typical work. So what's really cool about this is that they completely and these these were never intended to teach to reach the public. So these pilots were just there to be developed <laughs> for them to be creative. Yeah. 
How cool! Yeah, is that? I think it's really cute that they think newspapers should do this. Oh, I know. Well, in this article that I found, it yeah, that's what they say. So ridiculous! I know. And actually, he says that at the end. He says that I think in the last like couple of paragraphs or something. So ridiculous! So ridiculous. It'll never happen. Well, because the okay, so let's talk. So this was on the uh, uh, website Pointer Pointer P O Y N T E R dot org. And then the title of the episode, of, I'm sorry, the article is Why You Should Consider Shutting Down Your Newsroom Temporarily. And when I read that, I was like, what the heck does that mean? And of course, this is really just alluding to a new media company that has the ability to do this and possibly putting it out to, you know, old media. And you're right, Jess. How many of them are going to be like, hey, let's just stop production. It's not. And it's not. Yeah. He says, oh, I'm sure they're afraid of losing audience. No, that's not why. No. It's not because they're afraid of losing audience because people read their newspaper. That's it. But that's the problem. People read their newspapers. And if it is not I, on their doorstep at four in the freaking morning, they are having a flipping hissy fit. But that's only a smaller percentage, although the hissy fit is probably going to feel as if it's like 90 percent of the population coming at you. But that small percentage, it's a small percentage. Dude. So I worked there. I worked in the newspaper at, in college. My boyfriend got, he was a news, I guess, deliverer when he was a kid and he had connections there and he got me a job in the customer service. It was 4 a.m. to 12 p.m. like every morning in the summer. And sometimes I would get on the phone at 4 a.m. and one neighborhood, like their car broke down or something. Like it was like two streets. Every single person calling, where's my newspaper? Why hasn't it gotten wow. here yet? I can't have my coffee until I have the paper. Where's <laughs> my paper? Like, I mean, all through like lower Delaware near the beach. People are outraged by seven, eight o'clock. It was mayhem there. Mayhem. You can't just stop the newspaper. People lose their ever loving minds True. if you don't give them the paper. That said, it's not like the Wilmington News Journal is, you know, cracking down on anything. And they could take turns letting some of their staff be, um, what's the word, innovative. But the other part is that, like, there's not, you know, it says leaders work with employees to clear their schedules. Need leadership needs to create a safe space for risk taking. Well, the other part of this is that they don't want that. I've been worked, and this is the other thing. I've worked at the News Journal and another company. I worked at MBNA when it was being switched to Bank of America. Not one person on the leadership team was super excited about those kinds of changes. They do not want no, they don't. a safe place for risk taking. Totally. They do not want the internet to to take over in the newspaper. They do not want their employees to get all digital because it threatens their job. Yep. That's why and that's, another reason it's never going to happen besides the customers is the leadership is like, oh, my God, I can't have my vacation at Dewey Beach if I let people go on the Internet. Oh, my so. gosh. No, I, I mean, you're right. I, I think I just recently saw a quote. I, I forgot where it was from. And it, it basically was exactly what you said, that it doesn't because there are some of these CEOs or higher ups that are paid to not progress. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're paid so to stay exactly like, the oh, same. This is cute. Gimlet. Well, a company who's funded and whole full whole purpose is to do like new and exciting things is challenging newspapers whose full and entire purpose is to do old things yeah. to start being like more like them. Okay, but now, but before before we get I mean yes, I completely agree on that. But now I want to look at I want to look at the themes around this because I think that more companies should be like this. That's of course. Point. Of yes. course. Okay. But what I'm saying is that we as podcasters right now 
also need this and how can we apply this? And the reason Natalie came to mind is because she's sort of like she is she's doing this this kind of work right now that we're that we just discussed because it was only like a couple of days of the week is sort of like being in a pressure cooker and it has to happen fast but the reason that they're getting together here is because they want to encourage the staff to be inclined toward action and that's exactly what you get when you get into these groups of people and the other thing that they were really asked to do was to split up so the hosts that were hosting things the hosts that were used to being hosts had to not be hosts so they had to switch things around they had to switch the ability of taking pe- people taking different roles in the groups they broke everybody else you know, they're sort of like the posse up and they had to work with somebody else that made them have to really use their chops in a different way, which is exactly what a mastermind is doing. And that's exactly what Natalie is trying to get people who don't really necessarily that you often gravitate to. And she sees the chemistry and that's how you get the magic done. Now, what's really, really cool is that, you know, whenever you start to establish and if you start to think if you take the word company out of this. So as we become more established in the space of podcasting, we are going to also start to get comfortable. Like this is our workflow. This is what we do. This is how I get my podcast done. This is, you know, this is the way that it's done. But we start to lose that feeling of urgency, right? That helps you Mm -hmm. take different types of risks or whatever. So what was- I like that idea. It's kind of like a podcasting growth hive, where you like get together for a couple of days with, and then you all just like put your brains together and make everybody grow all at once. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that idea. So, and then. Sorry, and, I interrupted you. No, I'm no, sorry. No, but, the, but what they're talking about over here, well, the, the co founders saw staffers begin to replicate that legacy behavior, right? So mm-hmm. they started to see that the people that were working at or are working at Gimlet Media, the majority of them came from radio or public radio. And so they were used to working at a specific way. They were used to working in that old school model. And regardless of whether or not they were in this new place, they were still replicating the behavior. So they wanted to break that up and they saw that. And that's why they designed this mix week to encourage creative risks and build connections across the team. Again, it goes back into to be able to support a mastermind type of scenario where you start to create cohesive relationships that are perhaps outside of your usual ecosystem. And that starts to revive. It revives you in some way. So anyway, I just like really dug that. I will say this. How many times have I said to you, I wish I could just take a week long work vacation and just catch up on all the stuff before anything else new comes in. Like if I could just stop time and hide myself for a week and that's kind of like, even though they're doing it to create innovation, like I would like to do it just to like um, have a new starting point. Like if I could just shut the world out for four days and flesh out everything that needs to be fleshed out, finish everything that needs to be finished so I could start Monday and be like, okay, system, go. Right. And then it just all would go. I mean, I think the idea of just in general, taking a break for four days to work on stuff that you don't get a chance to work on because the daily shit is hitting you every day is brilliant. And that's the part I feel like this article sort of missed the boat on because they're like, hey, newspapers, be like this. But really, it should be like, hey, a four-day vacation from the daily news putting outing is going to make your company or team better, you know, rather than focus on, like, newspapers and stuff. Right. Yeah, I think that you're right. And but it also yeah. depends on you have to see that where they are, where this was published in the first place. You know, it's it's oh, probably has a specific 
Journalism. Jur- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not, I mean, yeah, that's why we're talking about it and putting a spin on it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Elsie. I'm sorry. I'm not, I, you're, I'm Captain Obvious today. <laughs> Captain Obvious. Yeah, sorry. Oh okay. My God. Well, I guess what I'm saying is you can apply this to a bunch of yourself in a bunch of different ways, whether it's with Natalie and you're doing the hive mind in there, or if you just stop for a couple of days and do things on your own so you can catch up and hit like a button to go fresh. That's what I'm, I crave that every day almost. Yep. Is like a, okay, can we just pause? I want to pause email, pause Facebook. I don't want anything to happen for like even two days would be brilliant. Maybe if, three. It would be nice if there was like a sift something. I would love something like that that was like already sifting the things out, like the basic keeping things neat option so that yeah. if you do go away you don't come back to like ah but that it's kind of you only get like the most important things that you need to deal with like when you come yeah. back so that would be really that cool. would be brill that would be amazing anyway so help let's move us, to people help, help us, us help us let's oh, move and to then, a, what go ahead i was gonna i was gonna move on but you were beating me to it we gotta we're do the news about- jingle Oh, the news. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. All right. And Instagram. Instagram is changing their algorithm and it seems the world is over. It is over. (laughs) Why are they doing this? Because we love it so much when Facebook does this crap. I'm do so you really glad. remember? But do you really do you really now when you go into Facebook? Are you really thinking what are the other thousands of my friends doing? Yeah, sometimes I am. Yeah, sometimes I get mad because I okay, like I'll just pull up my feed right now, and I see okay the stuff from pages that I've asked to see about first, and then posts that I don't give a crap about and podcasters hang out from people I don't know because I was just in that group two seconds ago, and then our group which I appreciate. And then stuff from other, you know, it's like groups, 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 because I happen to poke around a lot in groups. And then I see posts from the people that I interact with in those groups. Right. And then I'll never see like my sister-in-law's stuff. I'll never see my cousins. I'll never see my family. If my father posts something, maybe my sister, probably you definitely because I interact with you all day long. Certain people. Yeah, I do. I do wonder like, hey, my friend who's really funny. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, it bothers me. I don't like it. I want to choose. I like when we had lists and I could just pull up like all my friends from camp. I mean, you still can. Right. But like it's. Do you remember? Yeah, that's that's really the, the key. And I miss that. I, I do. I do miss catching up with some peeps. And I think if they come into my head, I will go look at them. So anyway, let's. The thing is, though, when it comes to Instagram, my big my first reaction to this was was that I would miss out on my friends again, you know, because the reason that I like Instagram so much is because I, I oftentimes keep things separate. Like there's people that I follow on Instagram that I don't follow on Facebook or Twitter. I just follow them on Instagram. There's, Mm -hmm. that's where my relationship with them is, is all via Instagram. I'm not interested in anything else other than their Instagram account. And I'm never on Instagram, so it's not going to affect me that much, but I still find it annoying. Just because it's annoying everybody else. So the reason I'm actually I'm less annoyed now. At first, I was really more annoyed for personal reasons, like not even for business reasons. It was really just personal reasons because of what I said that there are some people that I catch up with on Instagram, and it's not for any 
business-related thing. Like, I'm not doing it for anything other than that. And, mm-hmm. and but, but the people that are really pissy are the ones that are making a business and they really thrive on Instagram. And it's what they do with their lives. It's on Instagram. Yeah. And it's how they make their money. It's on Instagram. So I understand. And then so now when I see people getting all uppity about that, I'm less upset about that because I, I actually read this uh, Christopher S. Penn, who is an old school podcaster. He was like one of the first founders of like PodCamp back in the day with yeah, Chris Podcamp. Rogan. Yeah. Um, like 2000 and what Where was it? Where these guys five? go? I feel was like they No, these guys are still, well, Chris Penn's still podcast. I mean, he's still um, uh, doing marketing over coffee with John Wall, which is one of my favorite marketing pod. Like that's the and one of the. he still speaks, but like, yeah, I yeah, miss those guys. Yeah. So he's still, he's still around it. And I really like his post because he's very. He's very like data driven. <laughs> There's no wishy washy about him. There's no like, you know, emotion. <laughs> most of it's the actually time. good though. I love it. That's why I love it. Yeah, so it's good. basically, what he said is, you know, past advice can be dangerous in digital marketing. What was affecting it, uh, effective even a day ago could suddenly become ineffective or counterproductive overnight, which I think really applies to podcasting. Hello. Hello. So, anyway. So this is what he said. He said, why would Instagram change the rules so dramatically? The answer is unpleasant, but simple. Engagement has dropped significantly in the last year as marketers and influencers have cluttered the service with junk, period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he has these two big old like data points that he got because he always links back to where he got all this stuff. And he has like a whole thing of of people who are really engaged with the top 700 influencers in Instagram. Uh, you know, and he got the, all this data. And the first five, I think, are all Kardashians. And they're getting like an insane amount of engagement, like off the hook. And then after those four, everybody else is like way back, like almost no engagement whatsoever of the top 700 influencers. So this isn't like no, no one. This is like actors and like, you know, people like Mal- Michael Phelps and, you know, stuff like that who have some kind of presence in digital in the digital space or in the world and well the business you know facebook wants to have more engagement with the posts and so they've had to like switch the algorithm around yeah i mean he's kind of got you there there's no engagement because there's too much spam yeah and the people who are out there doing oh my god his his example is hilarious (laughs) which one was it Hashtag spamming. And he found someone that hashtag like for like, like number four, like, like for follow, likes for likes, follow for follow, follow for follow, tags for likes, one for one, follow me, spam for spam, F for F, spam for spam. Oh my God. Love, likes for likes, spam for spam, recent for recent, recent for recent, like back, follow back, follow. What is that? There's a hundred of them. And it's like, you know what? When I used to post pictures of Isaac, Uh it was like baby boy, baby boy, Instagram, baby Instagram, (laughs) Instagram for babies. Like I saw other people doing it and I was like, am I supposed to do all these like hashtags? Oh my God. But it sort of felt like I was anyway. So yeah, that's not going to work for you anymore. And in fact, it will decrease. They're not going to show you your photo anymore if you keep doing that stupid crap. Yeah. And so basically he said, do better pictures. I guess the gist of the whole thing is have beautiful pictures, have relevant content and, you know, don't use so many hashtags. Unrelevant. I think it's 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 basically those people who just do hashtags just because. Take better photos. I mean, he says use a tripod to reduce blur like really? (laughs) No, please don't make your Instagram what you want your life to be and not what it actually is. This is why I like Snap. Snapgram. That's right. Snapchat. Snapchat. Because you can't Snapchat. hide your 
flaws. No, you can't. You're it's got to be. It's like straight up. Your mess, and that's the way life is. Like yep. Instagram is like, I am a socialite, and I cook perfect meals, and my yep. child is beautiful, and see the sunlight dancing off his wonderful blonde hair. Enough of you, yep. Instagram. Fah, meh. No, you're I, right. We, I think that there's a big difference between in that. I, and and I'm just inter- now I'm a little bit more open. Before it was like, oh my god, no. Now I'm like, you know what? It's it's fine. I'm cool with this because, see, and yeah. then here's the other thing. So what if we drew the parallel now? We're going to go into deep water here. What if we drew the pat- parallel between Instagram and iTunes? The way that people obsess about iTunes rankings, about the iTunes ecosystem, about iTunes new and noteworthy, yes, about iTunes what yes, hot. so true, Elsie, because what they're doing when they're asking for reviews is essentially like for like. Like, yes. man, I'll like you back. Follow back. Follow yes. me. Follow me. I'll follow you. Like for like. Like yes. for like. You're exactly. so right. And all it does is junk, junk, junk up iTunes. And then they're going to turn around because here's the thing. You guys don't know this, but there's a lot of reports that go into iTunes about nefarious practices or what people are doing in order to somehow finagle the system to make it work for you. Right. There is a lot of talk behind the scenes. Hey, iTunes, did you see what this guy is putting out? Did you see this article that's out and about? Did you see how this person is selling this course on XYZ? And they're being shown this information. What if iTunes turns around and then goes, you know what? The algorithm is completely different now, and this is the way it's going to be, period. And all of those tactics are going to go to poo-poo face. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, and you're going to have to that was harsh language I know wasn't it you're going to have to then suck it up just like everybody else is doing that's not your business you are basically building your entire strategy around somebody else's platform rather than your own and Mm -hmm. if you build your content let's say you were on Instagram promoting your whatever your podcast or whatever if you are on Instagram with some killer killer content this is not going to affect you because your content's going to speak for itself because right. you've been developing that because you've been developing the relationships you've been developing all the stuff if you're only following a hashtag strategy or that thing where you're hired you've hired a VA to go into Instagram for 2 hours a day and start liking everybody that's following a specific hashtag and then comment and give a thumbs up or a heart or something like that with with no relevance to the pictures that they posted that isn't going to work anymore because that's mm-hmm. being taught as a strategy. So right. it's sort of like people saying like, hey, I'll review you. You review me. That's not content strategy. Plus the reviews are useless. I actually had a client I was trying to do a media kit for and he had done a ton of that. Mm-hmm. And his reviews, I could not find one decent testimonial. Oh, my gosh. Because all the reviews were like, and I even wanted, I was like, gosh, I wish there was a way to even delete or hide those because yeah. they're almost embarrassing. Yeah. Because basically they just reworded the about section. Yep. This podcast covers this and the host does that. Great show. Ugh. That's not a testimonial. That's not from a listener. Like I could barely scrape up stuff for him to like show an advertiser that people actually liked him. And I was like, God forbid they go look at your reviews. God forbid you are doing review swaps and you actually want a sponsor who's curious enough to go in <laughs> iTunes and see what people say about you, read some of those swapped reviews. They oh are the gosh. shittiest shit that ever shat. They're yeah. terrible. They're horrible. They're, because they're everyone's just like, 
Great show. Can't wait to hear more. Cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste. It's terrible. It's awful. And it and that and the thing is you can't remove that's you're, oh, you're so you totally called that. You can't remove those. God, imagine if you imagine oh if God. you're applying for a job. Yeah. References Ugh. just did this. Great guy, great guy, like him a lot. Great guy, like him a lot. Great guy, like him a lot. Great guy, he's a great guy, like him a lot. <laughs> Oh my god! Could you imagine that? That would be so heinous. And uh, anyway, but um, so yeah. Okay, Um, we probably should have started with this next news bit. Yeah, and we should have started with it. And this is what we're going to close with because we have been going on for a while. But so, give me a break. So NPR steps back from embracing the future. What do you think that would be? We should have talked about this right at the time we were talking about newspapers. (gasps) That would have been a great time to put it in there. That's right. Today, it's okay. It's all right. So what do you guys think that is, guys? NPR steps back from the future. You want to break it to I them? think it means they're not going to be in iTunes anymore. No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Sorry. No. I'll read it to them. Sure. Yes. It means that they are no longer allowing their hosts on the radio to actively promote their podcasts. They don't want digital. They don't want listeners on the radio to switch to podcasts. Ouch. No more. So we won't, it says, we won't tell people to actively download a podcast or where to find them. No mentions of NPR.org. Whoa, no mentions of their website. <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, NPR One, et cetera. Their own channel. I know. So you're allowed to say, hey, that's Elsie Escobar of She Podcasts and our blogger on the same subject and this person. Thanks so much for talking about it. But you can't say, find this show that's on right. All Things Considered podcast on the NPR One app. They're not sending yeah. anyone to the app, anyone to the website. Wow. Isn't that Ouch. crazy? Dumb. That's dumb, pretty nuts, dumb, right? Dumb. So it just shows you. I mean, oh, gosh. Because well, it just the shows you. People. We were we were the, just list, l- thinking about all that data. Last time we were talking about the data, you know, the 64% that Edison said and the, well, 70% that Lipson actually says, 70% consumption Actually, it was like 70-something else. It was like something obnoxious, like 76% this last year, uh, yes. month. Yes. Uh, 76% That's on mobile. That's probably why they're doing this. They yeah. saw the numbers and went, holy shitballs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Done. Yeah. That's it. Shocking. And it's, like, it's crazy because they're also not mentioning. Yeah. No Their mention own of website. Like, that's the, I didn't even see that the first time, Elsie. <sighs> Yeah. No mention of NPR.org. Get the show notes. Interact with us. Send us an email. Nothing. No. So dumb. They're going to, it doesn't even matter because people are going to do it anyway. Yeah. So they're so dumb. Oh, that's so ill advised. Yeah. So what they say is like, it tells you they're informational, not promotional. So when referring to podcasts and the people who host, produce, or contribute to them, we will mention the name of the podcast, but not in the way that explicitly endorses it. Okay. I can understand that. No, I I don't even think they're going to mention it. Yeah. I don't. References should not specifically promote the content of the podcast. (gasps) Yes. Oh, my gosh. And check this out. If you feel a podcast title needs explaining, like an example, they have Hidden Brain, some additional language can be added, like that Shankar Vedantam. He has a he hosts a podcast that explores the unseen patterns of human behavior. It's called Hidden Brain. So, and then it says, <laughs> "Can't even believe it." That's almost like an April. Honestly, if it was April Fools, I'd swear it was a joke. I know. I'd swear it was a joke. You spend all this time developing cereal 
and other shows. Well, Serial's not part of NPR, so. Oh, I don't know why I thought it was. Why did no. I think that? I well, does know, it doesn't matter. But they, are you sure? Yes. Really? I don't think Where so. Where are they from? WNYC? They're, I believe so. Something along those lines. I don't think, I don't think that they're part, they, they used to be, they were funded or started by This American Life. But I think This American Life is also part of its own thing within the NPR ecosystem. I don't think that they're part of the same thing. Oh my God. I just, so. I just am, it's like. But it's mind blowing. Oh my God. It's just like, it's like a flashback to 20 years ago when I was in the digital department and the print guys wouldn't play with me and like help me. And like, <laughs> I had to, I had to go to their boss and be like, make them take me on sales calls because your clients aren't going to get banner ads because they thought of it themselves. Yeah. Make me take them, make them take me, make them take me. And I had to get like leadership involved so that I could sell to the same clients the print guys had. Now here we are again. They're not allowed to mention NPR.org or iTunes or their own app. Why did you develop the app? I know, dude. Don't develop it. Listen, if you don't want this, if you don't want this, yank them from iTunes. You want people to listen to the radio and only the radio? Take it off. We will be... Heather Ordover will... Dance the dance of happiness and joy, right? Yeah. All of us will. I mean, listen, we'll we'll happily fight with Gimlet. Get your NPR shows off of there. Just why? Like, why even do it? Why pay the people to upload it? I. I it's a little mind blowing, and and you know what? I'm sure. Do you remember we, we were just talking about like some of these guys are paid not to have progress, right? Mm-hmm. I just I think that's what we're we're seeing here, and it's really sad. It's it's sad. And and this is, I feel, what really sets us apart in terms of podcaster and what Rebecca was talking about, really, is that we don't really have to put up with this. Like, if there's a point where iTunes no longer serves us or RSS no longer serves our content, maybe we don't want to deliver our shows via RSS for whatever reason, you know, and then really kind of diminish podcasting. Maybe there's a whole new... Uh, not diminish podcasting as in like in our voices, but what I'm saying is the delivery mechanism, perhaps RSS, it no longer works. And there's something that's developed new, new this year or something like that. We have the ability to completely let go of the way that it was to something new. We don't have to answer to anybody. We could just move. Imagine working at NPR and your thinking. job is to make sure that the podcast looks and functions properly. And then you find out that higher up has decided not to promote anything that you're working on for any reason at any time. Yeah. It says we can't run from the fact that the listeners in control in 2016 and we need to find ways to embrace this in ways that strengthen our system rather than be in denial that our listeners have numerous choices to get content. This is the um, general manager at St. Louis Public Radio. Hmm. The key is when you have a guest with a podcast, the association with that product should be treated no different. We don't tell listeners to buy the book or buy the CD. You don't. You don't. We. Uh, you don't. <laughs> don't you at least tell them that it's on sale? Or yeah. That it's not on sale. I mean, have you ever heard someone on Howard Stern not say when they're you know what they're promoting gets released? Right. What are they talking about? Yes, you do. I don't know. Oh my god. This is. I was just looking at reactions. Like I went to the next article, oh. which was like reactions about the NPR. Oh, they're saying they're continuing to work with member stations to fully realize a complete local national listening experience. So yeah, they don't want to tell people that they have a podcast. I guess they feel like it's pulling not just from them but from the local stations. Well, so what? Yeah, 
How dare you make that? How dare you? And and I think that it, ugh, it's it's such a deep conversation though because I could, I mean, if I really just put myself into a kind of like a neutral state, I could definitely understand. But I feel that there's a, a deeper layer. I mean, it, it, you have to really work in the organization to restructure so many different things. And the thing is, the money is coming because it's been set up at a specific structure. And really, the bottom line is that they're just protecting that they're protecting their ability they're protecting to the money yeah this because, is why yeah go ahead no no because because i feel like if, if advertise because it's basically advertisers are people who are sponsors yeah s- sponsors yeah they're donating and there's a certain level of um all of these papers have already been drawn up you mm-hmm. know i mean I know this is probably not the best metaphor, but you know how we redid podcasting for, for women. And the whole system had to be re... Like, we're still in the process of rebuilding the structure, right? Of how to get this there, how to put this here, how to optimize this delivery mechanism, how to do this. And it's like, think about that in a scale that has been there for so long. And the resistance that you're going to get at every level... We changed just the scheduling system, right? You and I. We we had a little bit of a conversation. Should we? Should we not? Should we? I don't know. Should we? You know, and it was like, oh, 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 oh. But it was just you and I. We mm-hmm. Imagine mm-hmm. having to do that. With, I know. On a global scale. On a I global know. scale. I know. And for every little thing. I have thing. done it. I know. And then I you have, have all the old people. Not the old. Not actually old people, but people who have been working for NPR for years who are used to sitting at their desk and doing X, Y, and Z, and that's like their whole life. And now you're coming back and you're being, uh, how about you try to do it this way? They're going to be like, fuck you. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I always seem to work at a corporation right at the time they're having these conversations because I had it at the newspaper. I had it at Subaru because Subaru, I was hired to help them retool their website. And and right at the time that Facebook and Twitter were coming along, they were trying to figure out how to integrate the customer voice into their own data without letting people go hog wild Looney Tunes. Right. Because super, you know, I mean, you don't want them to say, you don't want them to have total control over your feeds because God knows what they'll say. Totally. And so, and I was in that conversation there too. And then at Bank of America too, it was like MBNA, they were scared to death about letting things go to, anyway, I always seem to be right at the forefront of these conversations. And all I can say is like, you get forced forward. And if you resist it, it's just painful for everybody. That's just what I've learned in the 20 years I've been having these you know, coincidental conversations. Um, You just get pushed forward. You have to, and you have to, you have to go with it. Like this guy is saying he's the founder of planet money. He says, I've been in public radio for 25 years. This is far and away the most exciting time ever. When I got in the field, there was one career path. Work at a local station. Hope you get a job at NPR. Now there's so many paths, mm, so many companies. That's true. It's kind of heartbreaking for those of us who love NPR to see them sit on the sidelines. Wow. Of this exciting moment. And, you know, remember when you and I, you were talking to me about how we don't want to compete with them and we don't want to have their – well, this is a large reason why, why we're not competing with them. That's they true. don't have ads. They don't make money. They're underwritten. They have sponsors. They're being donated to. They're yeah. charities, not businesses. And I'm sure they're going to lose. Maybe they're losing charity money because their ads or sponsorships or mentions aren't on those shows. They're not on the podcast part, just on the radio. And if all the listeners start to move, what's the point of giving them money? Well, it has to also open up for that, for the sponsorship. It has to open up to the, it has to open up for this new bottle. And I think reteaching 
Again, because then they also not only have to teach themselves, they also have to teach the people who are underwriting. They have to really deliver. And I'm sure that there's well, that's hard. That's it, some of the hardest part. Oh, I'm sure it is. Teaching the money givers. Exactly. That this is different because usually the money givers, I, I would say, I, I, you know, I, I have no data to back this up, but I imagine it's like an old white guy. <laughs> with lots of money. You know what I mean? That's why I created oh whypodcast.org, not just for the podcast, not for just the people who want sponsors, but the, for the people who are being sold to it. Like they have no idea what it is, why they'd want it, how it would work. Right. They don't know. And it's like, as a podcaster, what gives you the credentials to be able to explain it? Nothing. All you're doing is talking about doggies on your little doggy show. How do you know about media and, no, it's true. and digital buy? Even so, they don't know it anymore. And, and that's, you're right. They? Even they don't know it anymore. Like, why even, would they? Yeah, totally. Right. So, so I mean, it's oh sad. Gosh. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. I wish that maybe, I mean, I'm hoping that they just take a step back for a minute till they can like scramble to get their shiz together and then implement like a podcast department or a podcast system or a podcasting way that they can still keep their their money and it's just sad that makes me it makes me sad for the people because i just feel like that poor guy uploading to libsyn right who's just like my company hates me that makes me sad for them yeah i'm sure they're not i don't even know do they host with libsyn they probably don't but like who npr yeah i don't even no. know but i'm just saying whatever guy's in charge of like the the on-demand audio department right is a sad dude this week yeah, and that makes me feel bad for him because he's still employed there, and they just, you know, have been told never to mention his name. He's like the one who keep, who, who won't be mentioned <laughs> with like with all capital letters. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind oh, of sad. But like all their work has to be completely separate. It's like oh, it's those guys over there, and it's what and kind it's of not company? The right team morale. Um, exactly. Like how how do you deal Terrible. with that team culture that way? Like you know, oh, it's those yeah. guys. We can't because they're taking over the world. You know. It's bad. Oh, I'm so sorry for y'all. But anyway. Culture's probably got to be bad. And again, I've been there and I know it's bad and I'm sorry. If you, I mean, yeah. they're not listening to me, but I'm sorry. <laughs> for you. But what do you guys have to say about this? All you she podcasters, send in some feedback. As you heard, it's really powerful when your voices are heard here on the show. You can email feedback at shepodcast.com. You can also use SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com at uh, slash shepodcast and leave us uh, succinct how much? I think it's 60 seconds, 60 seconds of your voice, which is really, really cool. And, um, you know, join um, Martin at uh, saying like, hey, you're listening to She Podcasts. I'm so-and-so. From yes, blah, please blah, blah, send blah. us one so we can enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoyed his so much. It's really fun. And be as it creative as you want. It gave me the giggles. It was, it was great. I loved it. And, um, Wait, and are we signing off now? We are signing off, dude. Okay, before we do, I also want to mention Rebecca Council and tell her thank you for helping me this week with some She Podcast stuff. She's been great um, VA help and social media help, and she's helped me with um, podcasting school this week. I believe her website is CLR, yeah, clrvirtualconnection.com. Please check her out. And also, I have to mention this. I know that you worked with her also. Kate Sitka, Tofino, it's T-O-F-I-N-O, psychic.com. All I'll say is that, like, my mother passed away 10 years ago. I did not expect her. Like, Kate and I were just supposed to be doing, like, a consultation. I know you did, too, Elsie. You did a consultation with her. But apparently my mother showed up. And they had a whole thing, like, an hour before our thing. Like, an hour before. Anyway, I'll just say that Kate is a real deal. 
She definitely can talk to people. There's stuff that she said my mother said she would have never known. I've never had an in-person or Facebook conversation with her. And there's just stuff that she said my mother said that just only my mother would have said to me. You know, like little nicknames and stuff that like I, w- I would never have posted anywhere or mentioned. It was very weird. I don't even think she realizes because I didn't tell her at the time. Oh, my mom used to say that all the time. I just took it in. Because I don't want to freak her out more. Not that she's not used to it, right? But I also just wanted to say that my mother told her that my mission in life is to push people forward. <gasps> and however I do it is how I do it. Because I was like, well, should I be speaking? Or should I focus on courses? Or should I be doing she podcast? Or what about this agency? Just and my live. mom was just like, she said that my mother showed her like the microphone, like just throwing it over her shoulder. If this doesn't work, you do something else. If That's this doesn't right. work, That's you do right. something else. But no matter what, your whole thing on this earth is pushing people forward. That's just what you do. And it was so clear all of a sudden. There you have it, dude. And you just do you. Did I just freak everyone out who was listening to this whole no, thing? If so, just- <laughs> if you don't believe in that, I'm very sorry. I'm not a flake. I'm not the kind of person who's all flaky. But if you're curious or you've had questions about stuff and you want and there's someone that's moved on and you want to ask them some stuff get in touch with her she's probably booked through christmas but like get in touch with her she's it's tofinopsychic.com i just wanted to thank her because she let me have a whole conversation with her that i didn't ask for and wasn't planned at all my mom just sat herself down and said i'm talking to my daughter today apparently (laughs) and she was just like okay well you'll have to wait till we're done and she said to her i have nowhere else to be oh that's kind of sweet i know it sounds weird you guys i know (laughs) I know, <laughs> but if you just believe a little, you can then there's that. Yeah, no, and yes, yes. So, I know, I know. I'm, I'm telling you, just if you're curious and you don't think I'm insane, give it a shot. There you the have end. it. The end. The <laughs> end. On that note. On that note, one last. Uh, remember, sign up over to bizchicks.com/slash/she-podcast for uh, the mastermind from our wonderful sponsor. Uh, Natalie Ekdal so check that out and we will hear uh, we will I, we can't wait to put this out and hopefully get some feedback from you guys and talk with you guys a week from today and thank you to John from Audio Editing Solutions good night good night we love you <laughs> love you mean it love you mean it <laughs> <laughs>